do me a favour. If you're listening to this, please hit the subscribe button. Like, share, rate, review the podcast. It really does mean more than you realise. It's like there's one script. And so, you know, I can't, I can't have an experience without trying to make it positive. That's just not how my brain works. And so I started writing a blog called Not The Blueprint. And that was all about just not fitting in because I didn't fit in now because it wasn't like I was desperate for children and I couldn't have them, which was definitely one camp. It wasn't like I was desperate for children and I'd had them. That was another camp. Or I never wanted them, never even tried. I didn't fit in that camp either. I just seemed to sort of fall between the cracks of never really wanted it, did it to try and save my marriage, didn't work out and lost everything when we found out we'd lost whatever was there. Um, but it had taken us two years to get seven weeks pregnant and some people were really dismissive. So when I've told people, sometimes I, oh, you were only seven weeks. You're only seven weeks. Oh, like they were gonna feel sorry for me, and now they don't. <laughs> and it's like it's still, it's enormous to go to go through something like that. It's one of the most awful days of my entire life, for sure. So there was definitely some dark days in that time where I just did not know what life was going to look like now, and like who who was I without him and without our relationship, and you know moving houses and you know changing changing jobs and constantly trying to find the thing that was going to make me feel like I was myself again and that was that was really tough. I think it's unrealistic to expect to just be kind of at one level the whole time you know life is life is ups and downs and there are times when I can talk about my journey like now and I can be fine and there's other times where I'll just burst into tears over it it's just there's a lot to keep processing and it's a big thing it's a big thing that happened but I now know the the tools that help me the people that help me you know the things that will bring me joy and bring me happiness and I just really believe that we're here for a good time not a long time and so you have to do whatever you've got to do to try and make the time that you do have as precious as possible that was really important the fact that we do have a mix of ages like we're predominantly between 35 and 50 I'd say but we do have people either side and I love that as well I just I love people and their stories and I think we can all learn from each other I just felt that it was the right thing to do and so I started it and then I've learned and I keep learning and I keep trying and I keep changing things and I'm not I'm not afraid because you know the worst thing that could have ever happened has already happened you know a lot like losing my dad going through the, the miscarriage and the divorce you know be quite hard to top those things and so I feel slightly invincible in that regard because I know that I'm always going to be highly employable I know that I'm a good person and I know that I'm only trying to do a good thing get it like you know it's human to go through that and I think that's the other thing I always want to really promote we're so good at trying to sort of paper over human human emotions but it's normal to it's normal to fail it's normal to be scared it's normal to be vulnerable it's normal for that everything doesn't go right every time they're normal things and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about them. I believe every business owner has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picture Book Films. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest on the podcast this week is a qualified coach, networking champion and a social concierge who is passionate about connecting people through supporting local businesses to create lasting personal and professional relationships right here in Brighton and Hove. I've had the pleasure of attending her events and getting to know her over the past couple of years and I'm delighted to welcome the person that is truly connecting Brighton. 
the wonderful Lindsay Clay. Welcome to the podcast. What an introduction. <laughs> How Thank are you? Sir. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Great to have you on. I I'm know. I've very excited about this. I'm having like a total fangirl moment because it's just very exciting to be here <laughs> with you. Having obviously watched so many and yeah. doing a sterling job on them, may I say. You are too kind. You are too kind. Well, look, we're going to delve straight in as always. So let's just tell the listeners a little bit about you and your story. I'm saying that it's such a big question. Like, where <laughs> do you start in your story? But I suppose the big things for me is that I'm a Brighton girl born and bred so I always talk about how my grandparents met in Hove and they had five kids and my dad lured my mum from Essex and worked (laughs) at the Brighton Council his whole life and then yeah we've always lived in Brighton I love 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 travel but I'll always come back here I just think there's nowhere quite like Brighton and I started my corporate career (laughs) in uh, ice and frozen foods actually I was a chilled supervisor on London Road (laughs) and there is nowhere that will teach you better how to be around people than Ice and London Road for those local Brighton people who know the horrors of London Road. Um, but I had a really interesting childhood, so we were a foster family growing up, okay. which is another reason why I'm so personable, why I love being around people, why I love people's stories and why I do what I do with my business because I've always been in an environment where people have needed to be around people yeah. and to be good with people. So although that was quite a hard part of growing up, It's also given me such amazing personal skills that I'm really grateful for. Amazing. And so going from that into the London Road, you know, those two things combined, (laughs) you can't help but be good with people (laughs) coming from that kind of a background. And then I've always been in corporate, so typical Brighton places like Booper International, which I really love working for, Pensions Regulator, done tons of travel, as I mentioned, and having a lovely time until really the... went through a divorce and pandemic and that's really shifted things around for me which started my own business connected brighton which we will i mean an amazing concept and and great i want to talk so i, I want to obviously talk a little bit about that about your divorce because I, I think the story that we're we're going to allude to is what led you to obviously then then and kick off connected brighton so in, in your early 30s it took a your life took a little bit of a change failed rounds of IVF and miscarriages and obviously then your marriage sort of broke down and you, I know you talked openly about obviously like about plan B but just talk to me a little bit about your mindset then around that that sort of period in your life um, and, and and how I guess that that sort of took shape. So it's really interesting looking back on it I think when you're going through something truly awful you don't necessarily realise you're going through something truly awful because you're so in it you're really mm. head down it's almost like with the pandemic you know when you look back now and you can't believe that we were we were locked down when nothing was open. You're like, that's complete madness. But yeah. at the time, we just you just got on with it and you just adapted. Yeah. And there's that point where you're in your, your late 20s. So this life is very formulaic. I always talk about, you know, sort of like the social blueprint. Mm. And, you know, you meet boy meets girl, girl meets boy. You get together, you get married, you have children. And there just seemed to be this constant narrative that I try to follow as well with my friends where, you know, we all met someone, all talked about getting married, all talked about having kids. And then... It just turned out that I couldn't have children mm. and I'd never actually really wanted children so I found myself in this sort of very strange position of like wanting to give my husband children wasn't really high up on my agenda mm. but there was so much social pressure to do it and it was all our, co- our conversations were based around in like our kind of late 20s early early 30s yeah. and, and, and I know everybody kind of resonates with it um but then sort of being part of that and then sort of thinking okay I'd always really loved my career and was really ambitious, but I'm going to have to have going to have to have a baby. That's yeah. how this is going to work, and so put my energy into it, and then it, it didn't work. And then everybody around me was having children, and literally, it felt like it was if people had been together ten minutes or ten years, they were having babies, and they'd pull me off to tell me separately. 
because I was the only one that wasn't getting pregnant. And yeah. eventually we went through IVF and I kind of really like pushed us through that road because by that point I could see all the cracks forming in my marriage, which to me felt like the only fixable way to do that was to prove that we could have a child yeah. and the IVF didn't work. And it's an incredible process. I mean, but again, I felt like a fraud in it because I didn't really want kids. And you, I felt like I'd taken someone else's golden ticket yeah. sitting in the IVF room and you're a bit of a pincushion. It's very personal. Yeah. yeah, I feel for the guys in the process because it's very different for them. But yeah. to be a woman in that process, it just felt like a human, or I felt like a human science experiment and yeah. it wasn't very enjoyable. And then obviously we went through the miscarriage and it was a missed miscarriage, so my body hadn't really caught up and we'd gone with the excitement of thinking that actually we were having a scan to see, um, we'd had two eggs that had taken. Yeah. So we were looking to see if they had, were both still there or not, and then it turned out that there was nothing there. And it felt like this very, very public failure because everybody knew that we had got pregnant, that we were going for our scan that day, yeah. and then to sort of be told by the nurse that it might not feel like it, but actually this was good news because if they, I did a pregnancy test and it was basically came out negative there and then, like practically in the room, um, because if otherwise it meant that it was an ectopic pregnancy and I'd had to get, I would have to have gone to hospital. Yeah. So it was really hard to sort of be told that that was good news because it didn't feel like good news and uh, we our consultant kind of high-fived us for even getting pregnant because it's quite hard on the IVF process to get pregnant so that also felt very strange to us Um, but it just put scars in and cuts into our marriage that we just couldn't recover from and we did one more round same thing happened although we didn't get as far as the scan that time and it just we grieved in very different ways as people do so unfortunately we weren't the first and we won't be the last victim of uh, fertility so, divorce unfortunately so thank you for sharing I, 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 obviously I sort of empire we've been through that process and uh, with IVF and and also with miscarriage we did have an ectopic pregnancy as well and all those type of pro and it, it is this um, that journey itself is you know it's such an emotional roller coaster isn't it and and Massive. I sort of listen I'm speaking to Kelly about it as well and a similar type of thing like friends getting pregnant like I said, it seems everyone, everywhere you look, someone around you is getting pregnant, and and it just it really hits home. Then that that's. But what, what's interesting, I guess, like you said, like for for you, deep down, maybe not actually thinking that is actually the path I want. It's so strange, isn't it? The, the, the narrative out there about what we should, how we should live our lives, and what boxes we should fit in, yeah. is so. Uh, it, it's. You know, we we just have a preconception. Well, that's what we should do, and that's what you know. And this, um, you know, f- through what the process that you've gone through, then to actually come out of it and go, well, you know, I, there is another. Yeah, there's another way. And it was funny because when we were still together, but it hadn't worked, and we thought we were going to stay together at that point, and we would talk to friends about it. Mm. Some people who had kids were like, "Oh wow, like." you're so lucky you're never going to have kids like you're always going to be someone said to us you'll always be the star of your movie whereas now like we're co-stars now (laughs) like (laughs) nothing's about us that's a really good (laughs) so we did have quite a few people who were looking at us sort of like quite wistfully like oh god you're going to have the best life ever like don't feel that you've missed out on anything like you're going to have a great time but unfortunately like we didn't really survive it but I had that whole thing of like the social pressure and then when you don't have children people just don't know what to do with you so I just felt like my friends didn't invite me out with their kids because obviously I didn't have a kid. Yeah. I think they didn't want to make me feel awkward. I think they had sort of like, you know, survivors 
um, guilt yeah. that they did have them. And I, I think with all the best will in the world, my friends were trying to make me feel better, but it didn't make me feel better, not being invited to things with couples anymore, yeah. not getting to invite things with kids anymore. Obviously, they were all like tired mums as well, so they didn't have a lot of time. It really shifted my whole my whole social circle yeah, sure. and I think especially as a woman when you don't have children people assume that maybe you're not maternal yeah. and like I'm I think kids are hilarious like I definitely don't want one and I'm glad I don't have them yeah. but I think they're really funny and yeah. I love seeing little mini versions of my mates I think that's hilarious <laughs> um but so you get all of these labels popped on you or it feels like you get labels put on you yeah. and it's made everything very difficult for me in terms of like dating you know I don't want to date with people with children I can't have children if someone's looking to have children. Yeah. It's quite rare to find other people that are similar in not having in not having kids. Yeah, I think listening to that and doing the podcast and speaking to people, ultimately, the one thing that I've I've taken from it so much is that whatever we're doing in life, whatever we're trying to achieve or whatever we're not trying, whatever that journey looks like, is ultimately when we look at it, all we want to do is live a life true to ourselves. And there's so many external factors, social media, social groups, everything and labels that people point at that how many people out there actually are not living a life potentially true to themselves because they're following those external oh, factors 100% 100% like, I really like my only regret is that I didn't stick to it so remember when I met my husband I said to him I don't want children if you yeah. want children I'm probably not the right person for you and he was like no I'd rather have you than have kids and then we just both got swept up in the yeah. sort of society norms remember my, my cousin in Australia she's a bit older and before we got married she was like what are you the housekeeper when are you getting married <laughs> and I so we got married then as soon as we got married she's like when are you having a baby and it's like, oh my God. Yeah, like, yeah, and then when yeah. you f and for friends that have had one, then people are like, when are you having another one? Yeah, it's yeah. like there's one script. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I can't, I can't have an experience without trying to make it positive. That's just not how my brain works. And yeah. so I started writing a blog called Not The Blueprint. And that was all about just not fitting in because I didn't fit in now. So yeah. it wasn't like I was desperate for children and I couldn't have them, which was definitely one camp. Yeah. It wasn't like I was desperate for children and I'd had them. That was another camp. Or I never wanted them, never even tried. I didn't fit in that camp either. Yeah. I just seemed to sort of fall between the cracks of never really wanted it, did it to try and save a marriage, didn't work out and lost everything. What, what camp is that? That's yeah. like Camp Clane, I'm on my own. But again, sort of similar to how I felt when I started connecting to Brighton, I just thought I can't be the only person that this has happened to because law of averages, it's highly unlikely that I'm the only one. Yeah. And I remember writing my blog for the first time on Instagram when I just kind of woke up, like the name came to me, not the blueprint. I found that that handle was free. And I just wrote this post about feeling like my hand had just broke through the rubble, like I'd survived this. Yeah. And I can tell my story and I can share what's happened. And it's hard and all of this is hard. But if you resonate with this and you need to hear it, then I'm, I'm here to tell it. And Not oh. The Blueprint really changed everything for me. It was a massive part of my journey to being true to myself because yeah. I kind of openly grieved on there. Because when you do IVF, as you well know, we got offered one counselling session after going through all of that trauma. Yeah. You know, we were only seven weeks pregnant when we found out we'd lost whatever was there. Yeah. Um, but it had taken us two years to get seven weeks pregnant. And some people were really dismissive. So when I've told people, sometimes I, oh, we were only seven weeks, you're only seven weeks, oh. Like they were gonna feel sorry for me, and now they don't. <laughs> and it's like wow. it's still, it's, it's still enormous to go yeah. to go yeah. through something like that. It's one of the most awful days of my entire life, for yeah. sure. But finding suddenly found all of these people on Instagram that were writing about fertility and infertility and miscarriage, 
Mm. and divorce and I didn't realize these existed so I felt really passionate that I needed to add my voice and my story into that mix because it was so different to the others of you know those that were kind of living on their heads and having wheatgrass shots every 10 minutes to try and get pregnant or they just remortgaged their house again or there wasn't anybody quite like me and I had a really good following on there and really interesting reaction from like men and women who did or didn't want children and were with partners who felt opposite or single people who just really wanted kids and wouldn't even know if they could have them or not because they're not even getting the chance and this whole fertility and fertility world opened up to me that I had no clue was so was so big. Wow. But again, in that terms of not fitting in, I remember going to a bloggers event for the fertility bloggers, which I was one, and all of those women in there either wanted to get pregnant or had got pregnant through IVF. And it was very interesting to see the dynamics between those that had been successful and those that hadn't been successful. Yeah. And they were all looking at me like, with pure fear, because I represented everything that they did not want to be, yeah. which was really happy without children and single (laughs) whereas they wanted to be married and with kids (laughs) and that's all that they could ever focus on and there was me as this kind of shiny unicorn like it's okay everybody (laughs) (laughs) if it doesn't work out I can still be really cool and so I just felt and I went through this journey I went traveling I had after my divorce I went away for six months and I always joke about how it's like the Julia Roberts film, Eat, Love, Pray. Yeah, But mine was yeah. Snack, Nap, Hope. <laughs> and uh, I spent time in America and Australia and Canada. And I just really found myself to, so I could be truer to myself. And I wrote Not the Blueprint in that time. And yeah. I had very, very personal posts when it was really hard or when I was having real epiphanies about what great opportunity this was or whatever I was feeling, I was sharing it. And it was so cathartic for me. It was just sort of my form of, of therapy to just be able to get it out like I'd lost my best friend I'd lost the chance of ever having a family even though it wasn't something I'd wanted it was now definitely never going to happen and I felt like someone had just wiped 10 years off my life because I can't remember all the stories and things that that we did and we have no contact and so I'd lost my future as well as today and I can't remember the past so it was just the strangest time to go through but I felt so passionate that I had to talk about it and be open and be vulnerable and be authentic and I had a really really great response to that I did get a bit uh, it felt quite hard at one point to sort of be the poster girl for infertility miscarriage and divorce (laughs) (laughs) because you know you're taking on a lot of of energy for people and emotions and to keep it being positive and there is another way out there and not everything has to be around children there's all sorts of ways that you can have children yeah. in your life if that's what you want and not, but if you don't want them that's okay too yeah. you know it doesn't make you a bad person or less paternal or maternal to not want children yeah. it's just not it's not for everybody yeah and I, th- I think that's it that people just actually accepting that just saying that that narrative out there isn't for me and I'm okay with that and I think that's it makes it it's probably what's, listening to you talk it's probably more about other people being uncomfortable with the conversation because that, well, this is what life should be. This is what everyone should be doing there. And you're going, well, actually, no, I've not done that. I've done X. And like you said, being really happy about it. I think because I, obviously I've known you for for a while now, and, and just listening to you talk now, you're you know you're optimistic, you're a positive person, that positive energy that I, that I get from you, that to come out of that situation and have have that optimistic, positive outlook on life is a great way to be, you know, and not whereas other people maybe not they get swallowed up in that sort of 
left an arm, yeah. And, it's, and it would have been very easy to. So mm. there was definitely some dark days in that time where yeah, of course. I just did not know what life was going to look like now. Like, who, who was I without him and without our relationship and, you know, moving houses and, you know, changing, changing jobs and constantly trying to find the thing that was going to make me feel like I was myself again. And yeah. that, was, that was really tough, really, really tough. And I didn't have any any map to follow. I was yeah. just it's like some kind of like was a crane fly, like a human crane fly. I was just bouncing off everything. Like, <laughs> eh, I say it will stick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll work it out. It will kind of all come together. But just you know, keeping like trying to keep healthy and exercise and talk about it. You know, yeah. from growing up in that foster environment, one thing was you had to always talk about your feelings. Yeah. So you know, we'd have social workers and. My parents divorced when I was 10 and we did a lot of, you know, family therapy then as well. So yeah. I'm so used to having to talk about my emotions that I have to talk it, I have to talk it out, yeah. which is another reason why Not The Blueprint felt comfortable to me. There's yeah. lots of people who've said to me, like, I can't believe that you've like been so open and yeah. you've been so vulnerable. But that's the only way I know yeah. I know how to be. And I think that's we've lost that ability of storytelling if we don't do that, because yeah. you're not teaching other people that it's OK to be vulnerable. It's OK to be different if you don't talk about it. I love that, and I, f I, f I think you're so you're so right. Like, there's it's so, such a powerful message within storytelling that we can do, and especially when it comes to vulnerability. And and I think I, I, I've certainly seen a little bit of a shift. I don't know if you have. You tell me, but like throughout lockdown, that people were forced to be a little bit more vulnerable and forced to be a little bit more open about situations. Because especially related to business, for example, mm. we couldn't go online and go, oh, my business is doing great because we at most businesses were doing a bit shit. And, um, and have you, have you, do you think you've seen a little bit of a change in people being a bit more open, whether it be online or in person at events and stuff? Or I definitely feel because of, you know, not the movement being a massive part of why Connected Brighton came along and that sort of disconnect to my friends and mm. needing a tribe that understood me. I think I didn't originally see that there was going to be a link between the two brands and yeah. my original intention was that it would have nothing to do with that story. Yeah. And then I realised if people were going to come out with me, they really needed to know who I was and why, why was I doing this in the first place. Yeah. And now I have a lot of people, men and women, that come have ended up in the same position as me and they'll share their stories with me. So I definitely think if you're if you're open, people will be open back. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. I think what the pandemic did in enabling people to be more authentic and vulnerable was we were all in the same. You know that we're in the same storm but different boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you felt more comfortable to talk about what condition your boat was in because you knew that you understood the storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it gave us this platform that we were we could all understand, and nobody was th nobody was thriving at that point. Yeah. So. Sure. Like you said, if you'd have been like, I'm having a, I'm having a lovely time, <laughs> people would have been like, well, you're a bit strange. Yeah, so yeah. I, I loved, I did actually love lockdown. Obviously, it had its moments, and I had just had a breakup, and I had to do a lot of healing during that time, and um, so that was definitely tough. But I'm grateful I had the time and space to do it. But I called it my Lindsay Lovin because I just, I, got, I was just working. I didn't have my business at that point. Connected yeah. Bright was just a twinkle in my eye yeah, at that yeah, stage. Yeah. So I had my big corporate job. So I just exercise. I had no interest in doing like house party or pub quizzes or anything. Yeah, yeah. My, my inner hermit totally <laughs> took root and we had a lovely time. Amazing. <laughs> just having no FOMO or no FOBO. <laughs> it was great. But, and, but having much better conversations with everybody because we were all being a bit more honest about it because we were all feeling a little bit uncertain and a bit bruised and a bit not sure what was going to happen next, but yeah, just yeah. trying to make the best of... Luckily, I was around people that were making the best of it yeah, yeah. as opposed to people that went down 
you know the other side and it's like you asked me that question earlier about you know being positive but because for me the alternative is just never an option mm-hmm. and I've always been lucky enough that there's definitely been points where I've felt myself on the brink of of a depression mm-hmm. and I remember sort of in those dark days after the divorce we did um, a course at the, at the pensions regulator and it was about stress and anxiety and like spotting yeah. it in your colleagues and they put up a powerpoint of all the things that you should look out for and I was like tick, 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 tick. <laughs> okay, that's not very good. And then a woman who was in the group, one of my friends took me for a drink afterwards and she was like, I think you might be depressed. And I was like, I think you're right. But it took someone to just say it to me yeah. that just I just felt like her saying that just made me really like pull myself out and be like, right, I need to pull in all the tools and resources around me that are going to yeah. get me in a better place. Because th- th- I'm, I'm interested with that side because there's a, a similarity, I guess, that um, ultimately people would, I guess describe me as a positive person and an, an optimist similar to you, you know, do that. But do you feel that, I don't know how to describe it, do you, do you, do you feel at that, that time like you felt like with the, the depression side of stuff that you, I can't allow myself to be that person, I'm not down or um, feeling low or for whatever, and you had obviously every reason to feel like that because of the situation you've been in, but not allowing yourself, uh, this is the person I am, so I can't allow myself to be that person. Did you? Did you yeah, feel that? Yeah, definitely. Because like, that's not that's not who I am. But you, you tend to find that a lot of people that do have mental health is that the frustration is that they know that's not who they are. They, mm. That you wake up in the morning and you know you're like this isn't this isn't who I want to be. This isn't mm. how I want to feel. But it's completely out of your control. And I've never been in that far down that road. Mm. I've always been able to you know reach out, do something about it, ask for help. Yeah. And it's a cycle, you know. I think it's unrealistic to expect to just be kind of at one level the whole time. You know, life is life is ups and downs. And there Fluid, are times yeah. when I can talk about my journey like now and I can be fine. And there's other times where I'll just burst into tears over it. It's just there's a lot to keep processing and it's a big thing. It's a big thing that happened. Mm. But I now know the, the tools that help me, the people that help me, you know, the things that will bring me joy and bring me happiness. And I just really believe that we're here for a good time not a long time and so you have to do whatever you've got to do to try and make the time that you do have as precious as possible like my dad had a heart attack when I was 21 and I feel like I've had a must make the most of life complex ever since then because mm-hmm. he had so much he wanted to do and to live on you only just retired you know at 15 so he'd only had like two years of living kind of work free although he was working because he's we're clay, so we can't help ourselves. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just, I just thought you never know, like you never yeah, know. Yeah. And so I've always managed to try and make the most out of every situation. And even like when he passed away, I was trying to find the positives of like he, we didn't know he was sick. He didn't know he was sick. You know, yeah. he went, he went quickly. Didn't, it wasn't painful. And you know, just something positive. Like there has to be something positive. Love that, love that. And I do a lot of say. I guess I'll buy into because I'm the same. Like, I always look at the situation. Guys, oh, it's got beer got to be a positive side to that and uh, you know uh, and and look at that i mean talk to me then about i guess talk to me about starting a business never a right time <laughs> yeah start a business but talk to me about connected brian <laughs> the reason for starting a social events business during the global pandemic yeah i always <laughs> like to joke that the uh, that the title of my best-selling book that will make me a millionaire is um how i started a social events company in a socially distanced pandemic and became a millionaire <laughs> yeah. so i love that i'll buy that book <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i always say like i'm nothing if not resilient but the idea came to me over lockdown so i had at that point all my social circle had shifted again because obviously all my friends 
that had kids, they don't live near us, and obviously you couldn't travel. Yeah. You weren't allowed to see people. The people that I were hanging out with were single. And as we were kind of going through that really dark, like winter, it was awful, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all those people that were single were kind of coupling up. And I was thinking, this pandemic is going to end, like, and I'm not going to have anyone to go out with because families have hunkered down now, couples are together. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. And so I spoke to friends that were, had moved to the city over the last couple of years and talked about maybe doing like a diners club. So I wanted to put money back in the city. I'd watch some of my really favorite hospitality brands just like struggle and pivot in every direction to just keep going and really wanted to do something that would put money back into the city again yeah, and yeah. especially into those independent brands. I thought just like a dating diners club and we'll go to all the really nice private function rooms, you know, like Coal Shed and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And then... Um, just couldn't get the couldn't get it out of my head that this was something that I should do and that there was a market for it like the more I talked about it to different people they said that's exactly the sort of thing they would have loved to have seen yeah. and because the pandemic kept everybody apart actually I was you know starting a business at the worst possible time turned out to be the best possible time for me yeah. because the need was there for connection for yeah. people to be together so many people moved to Brighton during the pandemic who couldn't yeah. make friends because you couldn't obviously physically yeah, 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 be close yeah. to people. So I remember the first event we did was a just a picnic in the park just to see who who would come really. Yeah, yeah. And there, there was couples that turned up and I was very confused by this because I just assumed yeah, yeah. it would be single people. Not to, you know, date or matchmake or anything like that, but at the time I thought just to make friends with other single people and, yeah. you know, make new networks. But the couples that came had similar, so they were new to the city, didn't have friends yet, wanted yeah, to make yeah. friends. By that point, I've been doing my newsletter for about a month, yeah. talking about like what was open, what Brighton was like. Um, I started my Instagram and was building a following, and they really liked what I was doing and, yeah. and wanted to come and say hi. I love that. So now it's become a people's club. It's not a singles club, it's a people's club. Oh, yeah. You know, We have different events if you are single and you're looking to date, but the majority of it just making friends. Brilliant. But it is that it does make me laugh. I've got, you know, as a coach, I help other entrepreneurs now. So I've only been an entrepreneur for just over a year, but I do gifted coaching at the BIPC at the library to yeah. help others with what I've learned so far. Amazing. And especially over well-being, because it's very easy to get overwhelmed. And I know I, I kind of go through my cycles and rec recognize the triggers now and pull myself back again. Think, yeah. OK, I just need to make a need to make a plan. I need to yeah. sit down and we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just talking other, you know, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs through that journey so quickly. But. I just again it's that storytelling for me if I've got something to share that I think will help you yeah, yeah. so I'm happy to sh I want to share it love that love that and I think I guess ultimately definitely from the from the connection side of things and I've noticed it a lot over the whole you know coming out of the pandemic so many people just crave that being around other people and that you know within that networking scene that we're, we're both part of and we go out and meet people just crave that human connection that you know was just taken away from us that you think oh, you know been to the best of british events and uh, 500 people in the grand and at one point during lockdown thinking are we ever going to be back to that point where we're having uh, emotional almost it is when you are in those positions where you sort of are surrounded by by great people and it's such a such an amazing thing i, lo I love the idea of like, like you said i've I, I, been a fan of obviously what you've achieved with Connected Brighton but also the you know the name behind it and just the ethos about just bringing people together and just giving people that opportunity to, yeah, to connect. Yeah it's bringing, it's bringing people like-minded people like -minded together, together yeah, and yeah. to support independent 
and to make sure that Brighton stays boutique and unique. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a really hard yeah. time, and you see a lot of the sites that have become free in the town centre are now taken over by chains. Yeah. Some of those chains I love when I'm in London, but I don't really want them in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. But I appreciate there has to be there has to be a mix, and that's really important. And you know, to the point about connection and making friends is, you know, our my events are maximum of twelve people for the majority, unless it's parties, mm. and that's so that people do have a chance to really talk to each other, see each other. If I always joke, you can't sneak into one of my events because I give everybody a big hug when they get there, oh, I introduce them to people, and I give them a big hug when they leave, <laughs> and I see the friendships form you know and I get sometimes I get added onto whatsapp groups I think people feel like they're cheating on me if they're going to do something without me yeah. but I love seeing those friendships those relationships people have given each other work and yeah. it's just wonderful watching this community that really does support each other yeah. and you know I've made lovely new friends through it yeah. as well which has been great there's only positives that's come from it for me yeah. and I've been so grateful that all the people that have come have been attracted because you know we do bespoke experiences you yeah. know they're curated and they're locally led it feels different it's a, it's a premium experience that you're getting obviously I'm there to personally host it for you every time and we've yeah. got my lovely intern Lois that helps me out as well so it isn't like going to a meetup where you just go in a pub yeah. that's not the experience I wanted you to have and because I love hospitality being the other side of it I've yeah. always loved hospitality and, and good experiences and I wanted to give that back to other people because yeah. when you're coming to this you do feel vulnerable lots of the time 99% you're coming on your own and it's a big deal because you're there's a reason why you need connection. There's a reason why you haven't got a friendship group around you that are fulfilling your needs yeah, and you're yeah. looking for something that will fulfill your needs. Yeah. So I know a lot of people watch me for quite a long time right, before okay. they'll come out because they just want to double check who's in all the pictures. That's about drive everybody mad taking tons of photos. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, representation <laughs> matters. People yeah. need to see that it's mixed gender, which was really important to me. Like yeah. my best mates are males. And I've got so much out of that mixed gender friendship yeah. that I wanted to make sure that my group was mixed. I think the only only women events are very well catered for, but yeah. I don't think mixed genders are in my view. Yeah. And so that was really important, the fact that we do have a mix of ages. Like we're predominantly between 35 and 50, I'd say, but we do have people either side. Yeah. And I love that as well. Yeah. I just I love people and their stories, and I think we can all learn from each other. If I just had little yeah. carbon copies of the same person coming, that yeah. would be awful yeah, yeah they're like-minded but they've got different backgrounds and they've got a different reason for being here and some of those reasons I never I could never have predicted I just thought it would be single people yeah but you know we've got we've got couples we've got widows that come we've yeah. got you know people who have got children and they've grown up and they're feeling a bit bereft now and they're just starting to go through a breakup or people who never had kids and you know when your life doesn't keep pace with your peers yeah. which has been my experience it can be really difficult although like Quite I love my life maybe, it feels really isolating yeah. it can feel really isolating and I really hate the word lonely but there yeah. are times where I, I can feel very much on my own because people are busy they've got their families or they're in their couples and they're doing their mm. thing and you don't always reach out when you should yeah. but creating this community where people know that they can rely on each other means an awful lot to me yeah that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I want to touch on, obviously you mentioned the word resilience as well. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about launching Connected Brighton, what that's looked like, you know, growing a business and starting a business through that pandemic, but maybe some of the lessons that you've learned from your personal experiences um, that we, we've obviously touched on. What have you taken from that? into the business world as well because there must be a lot of similarities there, yeah because I think I'm just more because I'm now being true to my to, to myself so actually with connected I didn't know I necessarily had this in me I don't think it's been a surprise to anybody that knows me yeah. but for me I've been like Ooh, <laughs> didn't know I could do this yeah. and the skills that I've learned along the way but 
what my experience previously, I've just feel more resilient now. And actually it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter either way. Yeah. If it's brilliant or if it has to fold tomorrow, yeah. it doesn't matter because the world will still keep turning. There'll still be stuff to do. I'll still have a lovely time, whatever I'm gonna do next. Mm. And obviously my plan is for complete world domination with it. That's where I'm heading. <laughs> of but, I, um, but I just, just being brave enough, just being brave enough to try mm-hmm. and to not just sit there and wonder what it would have been like. Like what if, yeah. you know, what if I didn't, if I don't start this business? then how would that how would that feel to me and it's all those coaching questions you know which is a qualified coach and yeah. you know part of becoming a coach was to help other people you know originally that was yeah. people that had also gone through a trauma and who needed to find their plan b happiness yeah. and now that sort of turns out that that plan b for me went was b for business yeah. and i never foresaw that until i started a business so it was never there was never like from a younger age it was never a point and like for you 20 or whenever that you thought because you was in obviously the corporate world, but there was never a thought process of going, even prior to all of this, that you thought, oh, I'm gonna start my own business one day. That was never that that that, that side of you. Or never. I just thought it was gonna be a corporate whore forever. Yeah. That was really where I thought I was heading. You know, I was chief of staff at Centrica, and that's obviously a very elite career and head of department for a regulator. So I just envisioned that my life would kind of carry on that way and eventually yeah. get to directors and carry on that. But I never for a minute, thought I would run my own business yeah. but the way that not the blueprint and connected both came along was that I couldn't keep them in yeah. you know I could just it had to come out <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to like run with it so I feel the way that connected is like organically grown into new ways and means that I never planned for in the beginning because I just felt that it was the right thing to do and so I started it and then I've learned and I keep learning and I keep yeah. trying and I keep changing things and I'm not af- I'm not afraid because you know the worst thing that could have ever happened has already happened. You know, yeah. a lot like losing my dad, going through the, the miscarriage and the divorce. You know, yeah. be quite hard to top those things. Yeah. And so, I feel slightly invincible in that regard because I know that I'm always going to be highly employable. I know that I'm a good person, yeah. and I know that I'm only trying to do a good thing, and that just stands me in in good stead. Okay. So I've you know I've changed the our look and feel on our social media. Like I'd never changed the name. I'm very wedded to the name. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm not afraid to sort of try an event out that does or doesn't work. Because sometimes it takes me by surprise if it does or it doesn't work. Because yeah, I was expecting sure, sure. the opposite. But I'll always give everything a try. Now it's all a test. Because if you don't try, uh, yeah, then what, like the alternative, it's a bit like we were talking about. That you know, you can go get down that deep dark hole, or you can try and pull yourself out. It's yeah. like there's, that's not an option for me. That's such a powerful message as well, isn't it? I love that that thought process of of because like, I'm similar in that sense that much rather try something that and I've failed I've talked openly about it many many times um, and I've failed many many times but I'd rather try it and it not work out and I go rather than sit there and having this conversation where you go yeah, but I wonder what if I just tried that that time I wonder what if and we're yeah. not having we're sitting here talking now uh, having this chat about you starting Connected Brighton and not uh, and because you you did go I'm going to start this I'm not what if I'm not, we're not sitting here going, oh, but I had this really good idea a couple <laughs> of years ago and I never started that. And I never did it. Mm-hmm. I think as well it's that I've been, I felt so judged in my life for various mm. things and especially when things didn't work out and you don't fit in and mm. you just feel that societal judgment on you. And although that's really hard, it's also kind of freeing because you just realise you're going to be judged whatever you do. Yeah. So And you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And don't get me wrong, I like to be liked. Yeah. But I've also just learned to accept that 
you know, that's just part and parcel of it. And I've got to do what I feel is right for me. And now I have to do what I feel is right for my community. You know, connected brightness is a living being. And, mm. you know, I was joking with you before we got on the air about she's alive now. So whatever way this goes, whether, you know, we have an awful winter and we have to reduce right down or actually people want to come back out again because they desperately need the connection. Yeah. Like I will just bend and flex in whatever way I can to provide this service to this community because I know that I know that they appreciate it, they it, need yeah. it. I see the positive impact it has. And it's it's here now and I'm going to keep it going in whatever guys in whichever shape and form and size I can. Love it. Love it. So but it strikes me then that your your relationship with failure, I guess, is that you don't fear it at, at, at all. That like for for example, you, you, the way you're sort of talking about, and it will go on to world domination, I'm quite sure. But for example, it go, you go a couple of years and it doesn't work out. It does come back, and it, for whatever reason, that closes. That it, you, I, I get the impression from you: one, you'll just go and start something else. You'll start a new business, whatever that is. But you just it's that belief that they don't fear failure. Is that would that be why? Yeah, or? I mean, I think I've got like a healthy fear fear of it in that I don't want that to happen. Yeah, but also there's like mini there's mini failures all the time yeah. within it. You know, when something doesn't work out, or if someone cancelled their membership, or if you know, I'm trying to pin someone down to being a sponsor and I haven't been able to pin them down. You know, there's little mm. bits where I feel I could could do it better or what what went wrong there and but I just feel very open that it's the process yeah. and just to be open to all to all outcomes and the opportunities that will come from it. So you know, I never dreamt that I would, you know, that we'd have the Connected Brighton podcast for example. Yeah. That was just me and Ben joking when we were drunk in lockdown before <laughs> Connected was even an idea that we should do a podcast we thought were very funny. <laughs> and um you are. and now I love I love our podcast so much and I love coming on other people's podcasts and there's loads of this that I just did not foresee and so I just feel very open to the journey because I don't know where it will take me next like I'm doing some PR work for one of our sponsors at the moment didn't see myself as a PR person because I didn't know anything about PR but it turns out it's all the skill set that I have so I've learned that along the way you know I talk about being green but keen because there's just so much I don't know and that I need to learn and I want to learn yeah I want to learn it and then I want to be able to pass it on and help other people do it as well there's so much in this world and I feel so lucky because I've got one foot in the hospitality industry and I can kind of walk into any of the bars and restaurants we work with and I feel like I'm part of the team and then I have the business networking scene that we're on together where I've made such amazing friends and mentors and supporters and it's blown me away in both (laughs) in both pools just how supportive everybody's been of the concept and when I have those moments of like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. <laughs> am I doing the right thing? And then I'll bump into someone or someone will stop me in the street and say how much they love the business or they love the concept. And uh, Adele? Adele. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thought it was like the real Adele. It's so funny. A lovely lady called Adele, not the real Adele. <laughs> but um, she stopped me in the street and I just to tell me how she gets my newsletter and she loves it and she's going to come out with me soon. And she just lo- loved the whole concept of Connected and how different it was and wanted to support me and today coming here I got an Uber here and my Uber driver was like what do you do and so I was like oh I'm a social concierge and I was telling him about it and then um, by the end of the journey he was like I think you're going to be a multimillionaire <laughs> I think this is an absolutely brilliant idea I think you're going to smash it <laughs> and so I got out of the car with just a big smile on my face like this business is amazing and I'm yeah. really 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 proud of it just for having the tenacity and the resilience to do it like I said I didn't know I had it in me and now I now I do know and I will continue to grow that kind of that muscle of skills that I've that I've got now that I didn't 
necessarily appreciate how powerful that they w were. Yeah. But I'm so excited for what's going to happen next. Like it's scary AF at the moment, not going to lie with, you yeah. know, the change in weather, the economy, yeah. rising cost of living, new government, no longer our queen. There's so much for people to go through. There's so much m grief and I see that grief when there's bad news on the t on the telly, you know, definitely uh, sure. traffic slows down to our website for a few days and then people go through their grief cycle and they come back out and they're like, actually, I need to be around people. Uh, and then they come back out again. And I get it, like, you know, it's human to go through that. And I think that's the other thing I always want to really promote. Of we're so good at trying to sort of paper over human human emotions, yeah. but it's normal to... It's normal to fail. It's normal to be scared. It's normal to be vulnerable. It's normal for ev that everything doesn't go right every time. Yeah. They're normal things. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about them. And again, just that na narrative alone is such a powerful one. That and and I, I I agree with you totally. I think we it, it, it is still there's still for me there's still that stigma attached to vulnerability still being seen as weakness. There's still stuff on social media. We're all guilty of doing it. You know, we're putting our highlight reels out there and and stuff like that. Whereas people like the you that are promoting honesty and openness that you can go. You know what things are a bit shit sometimes and this is what happens but you know there is a positive outcome there is other ways to look at it just to give up another option I guess that's the brilliant thing about your whole story and your journey as a whole is that you know there was this blueprint that should have been happening and that didn't and you've taken a positive outcome out of out of that and created something else which is pretty special and you can yeah. tell our passion every time I talk to you about it that passion and, and positivity around it and, and that just exudes from you do you know what I mean and I think it's and, and that's why so much why people will buy into it as well because of buy, buy into you and the concept and what yeah definitely that. and it's been very validating for me because I have found so many other people who've shared their stories that are very similar mm. yeah, and actually yeah, sure. you know you're not you're never the only one yeah, although yeah. you can feel like you're the only one and I always, you know, talked about it before in terms of, you know, there's like, there's one set of emotions, you know, there's a Dulux colour list and, you know, they're all different emotions. There's not, you don't have a special emotion that none of us have ever felt before. Yeah. But what, so what brings us together is that, you know, you know what joy feels like and I know what joy feels like, but what makes us different is how we got there. Yeah. And that's why sharing those stories of, you know, your grief and your joy and your success and your failure is so important because it will resonate and it will inspire and it will motivate others. Yeah. And you've been very open about your journey as well and talking about, and, and all the different hats that you need to wear and you know mm. all the stuff that you do for Rocking Horse and for your family. And that's again what people, people resonate, people, people buy people. Uh, I buy it, definitely that, definitely. Well a good friend of ours obviously, um, Inside Stories, the guys Inside Stories who yeah. we both obviously work with, the social concierge and, and obviously with, with us, but they, that one of the main things that come out of our narrative was that exactly that people buy people and I think that's such a strong power from whatever business you're in whatever industry what life in general that is it isn't it people buy from people I think that's oh, such 100%. A and it you know I think again of that sort of green bikini I never planned to put my face anywhere near connected so in the beginning you know my my social media was just going to be you know my neon text and then beautiful pictures of Brighton and food and, and drink and that was yeah. all it was ever going to be and now like my face is plastered all over it because you are actually I am <laughs> it's my baby um <laughs> but also you know people need to know people need to know who I am they're coming yeah. out to spend time with me yeah. they need yeah. to think well actually I can get along with her or she's got something to say that I want to listen to or yeah. she looks like fun you know I need to I need to show myself and you know people have come and they've been so honest and about that and yeah. I love going out with my group get very excited 
you know, I see people's names pop up on my guest list and whenever it's one of our members, I love seeing my members again. I feel like I'm organizing my mate's diaries. That's what it feels like now. And then when it's someone new, I get (laughs) really excited because I'm like, we've attracted someone else, (laughs) you know, like this is great fun. And so, yeah, it just really pleases me. I'm just, I feel very, very lucky and I'm very, very, very grateful that I had the opportunity and the idea and that I had the impetus to go with it and that I was brave and bold enough to do it. And, it, and it, I'm interested because you, you t- like, listen to you talk about it and you can tell the excitement. And like you said, the, it's actually accepting these at sort of early stages of our, the enjoyment and the fun around creating a business and running a business. Because look, there's challenges that come with it as well, isn't there? And there's some tough times of, of, of running a business, like you said, whether it be self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, all of those things that sort of kick in. But actually trying to be present in the moment and of course we talk about world domination and you know going to have connected all over all over the world which will happen i'm sure <laughs> but but actually not being too fixated on on that and enjoying the process what where yeah. you are right now and and looking back i mean talking about that like looking looking back just over the over the period since you started talk to me about what's been the highlight of it so far what's been your proudest moment i guess from connecting yeah, it's funny because i literally i registered as a limited company before i'd even had a single event so april oh. 2021 i registered as limited um and i remember just sort of feeling like just standing a bit taller like i had a limited business now and i had yeah. my website and i had my business account and that was like a really wonderful start to it and then there were sort of two sort of standouts. One was the Christmas party. So it's the first time we'd ever had a group over 12. Yeah. And there was 25 of us at the wine cellar. And I sort of did a little speech. And as soon as I sort of stood up and saw everybody, I felt really emotional yeah. that I'd brought all these people together. And I obviously knew every event that they'd been to and could now see that the friendships were being made. And I loved that. And then we had our first birthday party, which also happens to time with my, turns out my birthdays in the same week, I managed to tie them together very awesome. handily. Awesome. Um, and again, fi- we had 50 people come to that. Wow. And so just seeing everybody come and like chat and know that they knew that they were in a safe space, that they were going to find somebody that they recognized, you know, with members making friends. Yeah. It was just wonderful. And again, got to give a speech to my mum and my sister and my niece were there, which was really special for me to have them witness that moment with me. Yeah. And I just felt incredibly proud. Had uh, our first 50 members joined within eight weeks when we launched our membership. There's just been like so many amazing moments in this business but yeah. those are those are the real sort of standout ones for me but every day I feel grateful and proud and you know, we were talking about enjoying the moment and there yeah. are times when I am having that imposter syndrome where or when it's like it's tough at the moment and you're sort of trying to com- remind yourself actually how far how far I've come yeah. in a really short time and to yeah. not lose sight of the positive impact that it's had on me and on my community and yeah. for the people that need it and there are people that need this business, and yeah. so I feel a responsibility to them because yeah. I want to provide that for them. Amazing. And I think it's really, like, taking something out of that, I, I think uh, something I, I, I'm guilty of sometimes, and not actually just being grateful for where you are right at this moment. And like you said, look, and looking at how far you've come and what you've achieved, as a because if you can do that, you, you appreciate the moment that little bit more whereas rather than going yeah I've done it but I'm going to try and get to there because that's because you're always moving that 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 milestone aren't you always going oh but I will be and it's not I think for me it's not about putting your happiness on when when you get to that point or putting these points in life I'll be happy when I'll Mm. get there it's about being present and being happy right now which it's not always easy when you're right in it and you're and and you're struggling no it's not but I do agree that 
to what keeps me grounded because yeah I absolutely want to have you know connected London Manchester and Edinburgh in this country then I'd love to have connected New York and you know connected Melbourne connected Sydney that makes me super excited and and I think about just the UK ones, you know, Connected Manchester will come down to visit Connected Brighton and if someone yeah. from Connected Brighton is going to go and visit Manchester, they know they can hang out with the Connected Manchester crew and, yeah. you know, and the, you know, we've got our app now, which is really exciting. Yeah, and so yeah, there's talk. so much about it that I can't wait, cannot wait to be in the position where it's happening. Yeah. I also just don't want to lose sight of the moment that I'm in now while it, you know, it's still growing and it's still small and I'm learning so much. And because yeah. once I've got franchisees all over the place, you know, life will feel very different again. And I bur- and it's only me, so only me. Um, <laughs> and so I've kind of, you know, I've burnt myself out several times, you know, over the last 18 months now. And that's part of doing that gifted coaching back to the library because I've learned how to sort of pull myself back out of that mm. and wanted to help others do it. But also through those sort of burnouts, I've just realised I, c- I just physically can't do it by myself yeah. right now. What yeah. I can do right now, I'm going to do. Yeah. So controlling the controllables, just do the absolute best job I can because all the small steps I'm taking now will get me into those big strides. Yeah, yeah. and so many, like, so many things I see on on social media, some of the other podcasts I listen to, and stuff like that. It is, it is actually recognizing climbing that. Mount Everest has got to start with that small step and as long as yeah. you're taking those small steps, as long as where you are now is a little bit further along than where you were six months ago and then six months ago, a little bit further, you're moving in the right, you're taking those small steps each time. But It's just doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, being in the coaching world, you know, you have your, your big goal where you would like to get to ultimately yeah. and you have a hundred tiny goals to get there yeah, yeah. and actually it's the old it's the destination um it's the journey not the destination sorry because you know my business has taken me into new places and introduced me to new people that i never saw happening and now i have very different ideas of what it will look like and how it will make money and what revenue streams we can do and you know a true concierge service and you know vip membership and all sorts but it's being open to everything that you're learning might take you somewhere else and that's where i feel at the moment of you know Yes, it's definitely interesting times, yeah. but there'll be something to learn from this that will help me later on down the line, or I'll end up doing something I didn't predict, but it's going to make me a better person and it will help my community. Or yeah. There's some always going to be something good. Like I said to you, I've got to find the good in everything, yeah. and so there will be something good in this. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I, sp- I spoke to a, a guy in view recently, Chris Goodman, who, you know, who's run... Um, focus group turns over 125 million he's done very well financially and blah, blah 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 but talking about the starting of a business and the excitement around that but actually the naivety around actually starting a business and not knowing everything and actually winging it most of the time and I think what, I, what I've accepted and realised that that's part of the excitement of it and everyone and you know I'm spitting in, in front of a guy who's 125 million turnover and he went I've just been winging it most of the time and we all are aren't we and I think that's what's so brilliant about being involved in business and starting a business and and that whole journey and process is that actually realizing what there isn't really a blueprint that's the same as what you back to life in general but it's not that blueprint and it's just about being open to opportunities and what that looks like and, and following that that path and you don't, I, like, I didn't go to university. So my yeah. sister went to university. I didn't go to university. And I didn't go because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't yeah, want my same. parents to have a financial burden of me going without, for like a real purpose. Yeah. That just didn't sit, sit yeah. right with me. So I started my illustrious clear, career at um, Iceland Frozen Food. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I didn't go and I was really made to feel like it was going to hold me back. Mm. You know, it was like, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you've got a degree that you'll go further in life. But actually I've had some of the highest 
roles I could I never dreamed possible, and I got those without a degree. Yeah. So again, I feel like I've accidentally always been kind of pushing the realms of the blueprint and what's the art of the possible because ultimately we're all animals and so I get that's like a very hormonal drive to have children but we don't all have the same we don't all have the same hormones and um and it's right that we do things differently I think in this generation now in the world we live in at the moment there seems to be more push for that than ever you know Mm. the pandemic changed everybody's views on their life what they wanted to do now you know the great resignation so many people have started businesses because they're like life is too short and you don't know what's around the corner and i will want to do what pleases me and what's going to bring me joy and so we're definitely in this very interesting creative entrepreneurial time and and again it's very really inspiring to me to see and when I do those coaching sessions at the library I haven't had two businesses the same yet and each one and everyone's reason for starting their business again just reminds me of like why I why I've done mine and how important it is to support each other and and to do things differently yeah and what was that from a coaching perspective what's like one of the main tips that you would say to someone coming in with a new idea and sitting there in front of you what would the what sort of things would you say to them about with your now your experience of starting your own business what do you say to them so we have like so people tend to come with we had um, a lovely guy the other day who's like who wants to start a business but he's not really sure what and so we went through the you know what you're passionate about what do you really love what does the world need and what could you get paid for so just helping people with like tools and tips and I really love the wheel of life where you look at all the different elements that you give your energy to in your life and you can use that as like your life as a whole or like elements of your business and then like one by one take each of them and think about if life was 10 out of 10 in that part of your life or your business what would it look like and where would you rate yourself now and what's one or two things that you can do to push yourself forward and it's a very kind of visual tool so I really love using those tools with people and just talking about the different resources that you have available to you Hmm. where you're trying to get to and what I've learned in terms of introductions as well that's something that I feel really grateful for being on the networking scene in the hospitality that when people are talking to me about an idea and I think, oh, you should talk to so-and-so. And And I can expedite their journey in that, in that sense. Um, But just listening, asking the right questions and, you know, and all those what if questions, what if you don't do it? What if you don't, what if you don't start and making sure that people know what they want, where they want to go next. And it's just the first step. It doesn't have to be, where do you want to be in five years time? What's one thing that's going to make you feel more in control in this situation and working that through with them? love that because that is sometimes the difficult thing isn't it because some people will talk about that five-year plan i wash your five-year plan and actually sometimes that can be quite daunting can't it like, i don't i don't actually know what that looks like five years time but what i do know is in six months or a year and, and trying to condense that to a point where you go okay i know what, what can i achieve right this second to get me to that next step i think that's where that yeah. and for some people it's just i need help in the next week because i've over i've got so overwhelmed by it all <laughs> I think we're very good at being in our heads as humans. And yeah. so I think the gift of a coach is that, A, it gives you a space to just talk. So sometimes people come see me and it's just given them a chance to just offload. Yeah. And they just feel better just having spoken to someone that's listened and asked the right questions. Yeah. Other times it's, you know, getting it on a paper and drawing it and getting creative. It just depends on, you know, what your, where your that's mindset's yeah. at with it. But actually it's just giving someone like the time and the space to, to think, actually, I'm really struggling today. So what can I do? how can I get out of my head today? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, right, well, let's talk about it. Let's give you a plan. It's, 
you know, have a think about journaling this. Have a, you know, what's yeah. your, you better with an app or you better with pen and paper? Like, what's your vibe? Yeah. And then working out actually what's a way that they can take control for themselves every day rather than what's your six month goal or your five year plan? Yeah. You know, you need to get good sleep, you need to eat right, you need to be in the right mindset. You know, yeah. what do you need? What do you need to get there? And talking about routines, and a lot of the time I found with my coaching, you are t- coaching an entrepreneur that wants to take over the world yeah. but what you end up talking about is their bedtime routine or their morning routine <laughs> that's going to set them up for it yeah. you know it's not just about you know we are the machine that makes these businesses work and if yeah. the machine's not working yeah. the business won't work so I'm, t- I'm keen then to talk about that because that's something that I, I guess certainly from from our point of view I struggle with the whole like you, you mentioned about burnout a couple of times are you quite good at recognising that when you're getting to that stage what, how do you because this is your baby you can listen to you talk about it passionately how do you are you good at switching off do you, have you got that that balance work life balance to, um, to, to no I'm trying <laughs> I'm, I'm better but I do notice I do notice sort of the fatigue when the fatigue sets in yeah. um, more now so I've kind of just started to recognise those sort of traits in myself where I'm like oh I'm not sort of sleeping right or things are on my mind mm-hmm. um or that I just need to sort of have a little 10 minute disco nap. Then yeah. I'm like, right, okay, so you need to review what's happening. And then yeah. I use those, obviously, all those coaching tools on myself, and I've got my mentors yeah. as well. But it is really important that you start to recognize your own triggers. Yeah. And then think, actually, I need to sit, I need to go and talk to a mentor, or I've got to just spend some time just journaling, or I just need to meditate, yeah. or I just go need to have a drink with my best mate. Because yeah. actually that side of things is missing. So yeah. sometimes that can be difficult <laughs> because I'm so busy organising everyone else's um, yeah, diary. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. I forget to organise my own. Yeah. Um, but I do really love time on my own. As, as sociable as I am, I really love my house. Like My house is my sanctuary after yeah. everything that I went through, having this property that's all mine and is all my personality. Yeah. Now I call her the baby house because she took me nine months to get her and I'll like hug the walls of that house. Like, <laughs> I just love her so, so much. She made such a difference to my life. And so I love time in my house. I find yeah. it I find it really relaxing and love like good trash TV yeah. but I also love just working it's like I love my business so much and it's quite hard to prize my phone out of my hand because I'll always be doing something on social media or I've had a new idea for something yeah, yeah. or I'm just answering uh, you know a new vendor that wants to come and work with us or a yeah. venue that wants to do something cool but I do it because I because I love it but you have to be so careful I have to be so careful that I don't burn out because yeah. I obviously host everything so I need to be there and I want to always give people like my absolute best, yeah. so I do just have to rein myself in every now and again. Because it, it, it's hard. Uh, it, again, it's interesting to talk, talk about that because it's sometimes hard for for me. I'm similar. If you, I really love what you do, and but I feel guilty that if I'm not doing something like within the business, oh, I'm trying to take this time out. I watch trash TV or whatever that looks like, and I go, but this stuff needs to be done. So I need, but it's trying in my head, trying to go. There's always going to be stuff that needs to be done, and actually, again, I'm okay with that. Just let's leave it. I need that little bit of time out. But then there's that balance between can I? I actually really love it because I want to <laughs> be in it. And then it's, it's so hard to get that balance sometimes. I, I, I struggle with massively. I think. Oh yeah, it's huge. You know, we have, you know, we both love the communities that we built up, mm. and you know, we both love our podcasts. And there's always new ideas that are going to be that are going to yeah. be flowing I think it's great because you've got people you can delegate you've got a lovely team that you've built mm. they're building around you now and I'm excited when I can get to the point where I can build a bigger team yeah. around me as well but 
when people have said, oh, you should get someone to do X and Y for you, I'm like, those are things I really like. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I like those bits. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so there's yeah, no so part, apart from finance, there's no part of my business I don't love doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merrily give someone my accounting to do. 100%. But um, anything, <laughs> any other part of it, I love it. Like I love doing all the writing. I love the social media. Like I love hosting it. Yeah. I love doing all the networking stuff. I love it, but I know that I can't forever do it by myself. And yeah. so I'm excited for when there's a team who will feel as passionate about me. You know, lots of people have said, you know, how's it going to work in other cities? Because like, you won't be there. But there are other people like me yeah. out there. I guess that's down to then culture, isn't it? Like what I talk about, I hear a lot about culture. I mean, it's about the culture that you're trying to create within the community, the culture that Connected Brighton will stand for, Connected London will stand for. And people, if they buy into you, even as a, whether you go the franchise route and you go down that route, if that franchisee buys into the brand that is connected, then they will have that passion, hopefully, that comes across the same as you do that's how, yeah. that's how it'll grow isn't it and that's just about creating that right culture isn't it that within and your brand you know we talked about you know inside stories mm. and those wonderful boys because you know understanding your values and what you're doing it why are you doing it yeah. who are you doing it for what does it mean to you you know yeah. understanding that and then being able to present that back to people is what resonates yeah, yeah, and sure. so that's in Brighton we can be 100% independent and yeah. you know who knows what's going to happen over the next year we might have to make yeah. that 90% but it might be that Manchester has to be 60-40 because they just don't have enough independence but yeah. our brand value will always be that the majority of our work is done with independent small and local businesses yeah. but we will have to bend and flex depending on those but that, that brand value won't change yeah love that love that but you're the same with your stuff though I think that's the thing you know you've built up this community and people you know everybody talks about you you are I was talking about there's like the top tier in the networking scene (laughs) 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 and like you're there but it's because people love you because you have been so honest with your with your story and people know that you're only trying to do good things and you're really passionate about trying to do good things for people like and it's not fake it's not shady it's not like you say that to everybody and then you go and undercut someone behind everyone's back it's like we know that you're true that you're true to your word and you are so authentic with it and that that values and those brand values are what people then associate with you and whatever brand you will create and continue to create and continue to grow that's the value that they'll attach because of how you are yeah that's quite that's kind of so i do i I, I guess there's a part of me that struggles like from a like this whole again imposter syndrome kicks in because you go around like a personal brand i can't possibly be a personal brand and you look at it and go but when people relate that business to your brand this is again back to you and, and connected brian i guess i guess both of them on both of our parts is back to culture about like if if i'm not doing it and i'm like with fern balls for example i'm not doing it i'm not there it's not going to be as good or they're not going to do what, what i need to be done so it's got to be me that's there can County business club has got to be the me that's there, but then there's only so much you can do, isn't there, on that part? So how do you, how do you then scale a business? It's not scalable. A personal brand necessarily isn't scalable. I don't know. What I do you think, think yeah, because it's an interesting one for me because I th- I always want to be known as like the founder of the connected brand yeah. and you know the ultimate you know connected in the city yeah. and you'll have all the different cities that you can connect to. So yeah. I always want to be known for that, and I'll always have Brighton will always be my patch. Yeah. But I just have to accept that other people will do will do it, and some people might do it better than me. Some people yeah. won't. Some people won't resonate as strongly. But 
we there's only one of us yeah, and yeah. so ultimately you have to give it over yeah, at some yeah, point course, yeah, yeah. and I can never do my international book tour Sam unless someone else is hosting my events for of me course, so of course of course of course you know course. I'm going to have to take <laughs> hands off at some point yeah. but I feel really excited about who is going to be part That's of this business yeah, yeah. you know when I've got bigger and funding and can have Amazing. a team and people have the same ethos because everybody love everybody loves the business yeah, so I haven't absolutely. had one person yet be like hmm don't think that's going to work yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, oh, absolutely well look I, I want to I just as we're coming towards the end a couple of questions I want to want to touch on just one I often I've been asking for the last 40 odd episodes nearly for like, what does success look like to people and I was adamant about that but I'm um, my, my mindset has really sort of changed around that because my narrative around success is is changing slightly and I think what I'm asking more now is what does what does happiness look like to you right now that has to be hap- happiness for me is being r- around the right people in the right place like I love I love my I love the life I have and that's happiness to me at whatever scale it is like I love it today I will love it tomorrow <laughs> I'll find something to love in it even on a bad day so it's that for me, or that perspective and being grateful that that's what makes me happy. Brilliant. I love what a brilliant answer. I love that. I love that. What does the future hold for Lindsay Clay? World domination, as discussed. Yes, I want. I would love to franchise a brand. I would love to write books about the journey that got me there, so that I can have a platform to inspire and motivate others and get franchisees. And just continue on this journey and see where it's going to lead me, and be very open to what will happen. That's that's the that's the absolute vision for me for sure. But how long it takes and how I'll get there, like who knows? But I'm excited for the next step. That's so bright. It's been so refreshing just to listen. To, like you're, again, I mentioned your positive energy and your enthusiasm, and especially just for life in general but you're for the brand as well and what you're what you're trying to create is just so inspiring to listen to but just a main thing for me I guess personally to take away is so much about like how it seems very much that you are where, where you are right now is is a great place and there is these these great ambitions and stuff in which I'm um, no doubt that you're going to get there and, and do that but actually just being so present and happy with and content with where you are right now is a, such an amazing space to be in and 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 just thank you i guess for sharing your story and you know all those ups and downs and and, and the whole journey which is is just a true inspiration it really is so thank oh, you thank you and i think that's part of what gives me that perspective because you know in those sort of dark moments where you're beating yourself up for everything that you're not mm. or everything that you won't be and not looking at actually what you have got yeah. and who you are and what's good about that. Yeah. And so that has definitely been one of my kind of coping techniques with all of those things that have happened is to just kind of go inward and be like, we're okay. Yeah. Like today's okay. We're going to be okay. And we're going to be okay because what's good? I've got a beautiful house. I've got wonderful family. I've got great friends. I'm healthy. I've got a business that helps people. Uh, all the different things that I can always think of, of things that always writing out lists of things that I love and just reminding myself of how much joy there is in the world to be had and not focusing on just like one negative thing. There's there's a whole world out there. Amazing. What a lovely way to, <laughs> to c- come to an end. No, it's it's been so emotional. No, stuff, is. I'm welling up a little bit. I'm gonna <laughs> Look, let's finish with, as always, with our, our quick fire questions, if we can. So one piece of advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? So much advice I would give to her. Um, but I think one of the biggest things would be around um, sort of like just health and fitness, just the difference that, 
thing like exercise has made mm. sort of for my mental health and my physical health I just think just getting into better healthier habits when I was that age would have would have made a really big difference uh, cool 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 who has been your biggest inspiration throughout your journey and why I was this is such an interesting question because there's no one there's no one person because yeah. I've just been blown away by everybody that I've met on the on the business journey yeah, yeah, yeah. in particular I just I'm so inspired by everybody that's got a business because I'm learning so much about it and I just love hearing why people started their business or how yeah. long their business has been going for or advice that they've got for me and people who wanted to be mentors and who've just sort of scooped me up and said look I think what you're doing is great yeah. or I've been just inspired by everybody. So I feel so grateful to even be part of this community has blown me away. I love that. I love that. And to be honest, I'll give a very similar answer when someone asked me about about who inspires me. And I said, to be honest, one of the reasons I stuck my motivation, I guess, for starting the podcast is that I listen to so many podcasts and they're all what people would deem as high achievers and, you know, entrepreneurs who've made um, millions or whatever that looks like and, and high-achieving high sports stars. Whereas I do think that people who inspire me are the people within this amazing community that we've got. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to start this because everyone's got a story to tell and come on and tell it and, and, and we've all got whatever that whatever path you're on on that journey. So I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. Great, <laughs> great answer. Final one. Could you recommend a business book or podcast for our listeners that has any impact on you a business book a, a business book or podcast yeah or oh, specifically business no, based no no no, no, no not, not specific, a book or podcast a book or podcast so um in terms of business i do like the jen sincero you are a badass at making money that's okay. a really good business book yeah, yeah. but the thing that really helped me recover was reading the secret Oh, and I remember yes, lots yes, of people yes. have said about The Secret and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, my sister bought it for me for Christmas. Yeah. I think like 2016 she bought it for yeah. me. And it just made me realise that I had no way of knowing where I was going. Mm. So of course I felt lost. And it just reminded me that I needed to be clear on what I wanted out of life. Yeah. As how would I know if I had it or how was I going to get it. And I have a sign up in my house that says sexy, wealthy, healthy, carefree, happy and loved. And I realised if I had those, if I felt those six things, then that that was a great platform for me. And when I went through it, I was like, I have all those things already. And it just instantly gave me this kind of confidence and sort of grounding that, okay, we've got the basics. Now where are we going to go? To just think mm-hmm. about, obviously I had no clue about a business at that time. That was about, you know, sorting out my divorce and uh, moving houses and getting my career where I wanted it to be and going on nice holidays and, uh, you know, exercising right, all, all of that. But it just gave me the perspective that I needed some kind of outline to my life. Otherwise, I was just going to be that human crane fly bumping around, not mm. knowing where I was going and and feeling like I wasn't succeeding and I wasn't achieving anything. But I was achieving tons. I just had the wrong perspective and I just needed a plan. Brilliant. And, had it, and then you, that, that, that element of fulfillment then is there, isn't it? Like talking to people who have struggled with that when they get to the end of this goal that they want to achieve they don't feel fulfilled because they haven't found out what them basics are right at the start and what an amazing thing to share that. yeah I think it, it's it's that old you know you've got to love your you've got to have a love for yourself yeah. first that's where the, the true happiness comes from is being really comfortable in your in your own skin mm-hmm. and I've definitely that's taken me a long time to get to that point and sometimes it can feel like you know it's like any muscle there are times when people will feel down and you've got to remind yourself and pick yourself back up again and i'm absolutely no different to that yeah. but i feel the happiest in this skin than i've ever felt 
Amazing. What an amazing way to finish. Thank you so much. This has been lovely thank and it's been inspiring. Me. I've loved every second of it. So thank you for sharing your story. And that, as they say, is a wrap. Thank you.